Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know I'm born to lose and gambling's for fools, etc., etc. My friends... This is Agitators Anonymous. I'm Alan Averill, just a singer in a heavy metal band. And today I'm talking to the singer in another heavy metal band. I'm talking to Miko from Swallow the Sun, who, well, of course, we are going on tour with, with Primordial, along with Rome, very, very shortly. In fact, less than two weeks. So it seemed like a good idea that me and him should um, have a little chat in fact, oddly enough, the reason Swallow the Sun are on this last crusade to Doomsday or whatever we managed to call this tour is actually because I saw Swallow the Sun at the end of the pandemic in the USA did a very big tour across there. And I wanted to speak to him on the podcast about, well, what is it like to tour America right now at the end of the pandemic? And that sort of snowballed into, hey, do you want to go on tour with us? And well, the rest, as they say, is history. Um, the last Swallow the Sun album is called Moonflowers, and it's a good listen. Go and check it out. The band have matured from that sort of early doom death kind of sound to incorporating more melodic stuff. Um, there's some cool courses going on. Of course, it's gloomy, gloomy stuff. What do you expect? They are from Finland. Miko is a very laid back um, conversation partner and being typically Finnish. He doesn't say a hell of a lot, and what he does say is pretty dark and self-deprecating, as you can imagine. If you know any Finnish people, you will know that this is kind of how they are. So most of it is uh, me poking him for answers, spending my time laughing at his dry, black responses, and his rather, his rather bleak way of looking at the world, which made even my view of the world somehow seem a little bit more sunny by disposition and character. Well, maybe not, maybe not. Two miserable old bastards um, singing in bands for about as long as each other. Well, so a bit of housekeeping, if that is the right word. Dungeon keeping, dungeon mastering. Oh, who knows what it is. Um, Instagram, Nantianga underscore Primordial or Primordial underscore Official if you want to follow me or the band. To support the show, go to patreon.com Alan Averill, and there's rehearsals, demos, all sorts of other bits and pieces. Is a kind of cool community. And the show is sponsored by MetalBlade.com. Maybe you want to go and buy that last Primordial album. Goddamn, is it four years already? Isn't it about time we made another one? Yes, indeed. This is very, very, very true. It is about time we did exactly that. Well, well let's see what happens. Anyway, you can use the promo code ALAN for 10% off in North America. There's also some other stuff. Go over to um, have a look on Spotify and put in Primordial. There's a whole new, um, I suppose, a sort of introductory best of. If somehow you've come to this podcast thinking this is just some um, loudmouth, obnoxious, opinionated Irishman, well, yep, there's also some other um, rambling music that goes along with it. So go over to Spotify. There's a new compilation there with some, um, I suppose, some sort of, well, I'm not going to, I'm skirting around the words, two words, best of, but it's a something anyway. 
Um, and so, before we get to Miko, I should really read out the dates of this tour. It's Primordial with Swallow the Sun and Rome. Now, um, on the 8th, we're in Bochum Matrix. The 9th is Beaumal and Durbury Rock Festival in Belgium. The 10th is London, the Assembly Hall. The 11th is Southend. It's a new date. Chinneries. It's supposed to be a great club. If you're in that area of the UK, come down to it. Um, the 12th is Colmar in France. The 13th is Lyon. The 14th is Paris, La Machine. 15th is Pratlin, which is in Switzerland. Um, 16th is Mannheim, the MS Connection Complex. The 17th is the Munich Dark Easter Metal Meeting. Um, we are on the second day. The 18th is Eindhoven. The 19th is Berlin, Lido. The 20th is Bremen. The 21st is Copenhagen. 22nd is Gothenburg. And 23rd is Stockholm. Tickets are moving for all of those shows. So take a look. Some of them might be close to, well, who knows who can say. Well, anyway, all right. Episode 103 of Agitators Anonymous is a chat with the laconic, laid-back and rather bleak Miko from Swallow the Sun. Which I should say, before we start, is a video Zoom chat over on my YouTube channel. There we go. You've been informed by the Siri overlords that we are now in uh, recording is in progress. How are you, sir? We can start this again now. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday and uh, feeling slightly thirsty, but uh, decided to do this one sober, but uh, okay. I'll get fucked up later. Right. Well, then it sounds like it sounds like a, it sounds like a rather typical Finnish Friday then to me. Yeah, and like now it's uh, nice, still nice weather. Looks like spring, but seems like in a couple of days we'll we are getting more snow again. So uh, what do they call this? Fool's spring or something, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh in 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 Finnish it's actually takatalavi. Takatalavi. Uh, All right. Yes. Well, that's every day is a learning day. So yeah. let's start where when we started. Um, discussing the idea of doing this it was mainly on the back of the fact that you'd just been to America um, and I was pretty curious about how the restrictions and rules and all that kind of shit were um, in the States so let's just start there how was it what you know how did you find it what were the restrictions and rules were in place is it just like it would seem to me and it seemed to me like for the last nine months and that the media the mainstream media in every region area country has been basically you doing its best to scare the people into a form of submission, I suppose, you know, kind of um, mental submission. But actually, when you go out there, you find that the rules are, n- you know, not even half what you're told they are in the n- in newspapers, or whatever. That's what I found. What, how was it? Yeah, well, it was, well, we, we played in many, many states and uh, it was, for example, in Texas, it was another story compared to, uh for example uh washington state yeah like in there was in in texas and florida there was almost like no sign that covid 19 even existed sure so it was it was like no one no one gave a shit in southern states but uh and uh but but yeah it, it was it's a huge country, so it, it differs. Like, depends on what state you are in, and like we crossed the border to Canada a couple of times. And, oh, yeah, uh, how was that? And I think the Canadian approach was like more similar to what we have in Europe. Like, uh, they were really strict about everything. But, uh, but yeah, like uh, we were there in. Uh, what in in December last year, and uh, I think at that point, uh, people all, already were really tired about this whole pandemic, and like, um, and we were actually pretty lucky because we the Omicron fucking strain didn't it just it was just starting to show up while we were on tour, so we we kind of were a couple of weeks ahead of that. So uh, in that sense, we were really lucky and like no one got sick. And uh, 
but but yeah it, it was really great to be on tour after a while and like yeah. uh, we, we had to cancel i think overall we had to cancel over 150 shows in total wow last two years and uh yeah it, it, it was fucking amazing it simply felt amazing like it was really hard to believe that it was happening but uh but yeah also on the other hand like um, there were some shows that uh more people had bought the ticket than showed up so yeah, but yeah. I, I i guess that's normal these days like uh some people are still quite scared to come out and the shows and uh but but yeah i think the touring has been going on on in the states already a lot 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 like longer time longer period than because in europe is it's only just starting now again yeah yeah but yeah i think the tours really started to happen in 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 america already last summer and like but yeah but it, it was good. It was good, and uh, everything worked out. And uh, now, really curious to see how things work in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels to me like, and I've said this in the podcast quite a bit, that um, the we we've gone from one emergency to the next. You know, um, we've gone from uh, you know sort of the pandemic almost straight into the war situation. Now. And I did a podcast like, how does this affect the music industry there last yeah. week? And I think the reality is, of course, the more expensive that oil becomes, the more expensive petrol becomes. And so for an industry that's, uh, you know, the only thing that's open to us as musicians to either get the music out there, um, to get paid, but also to, I suppose, fulfill your musical creative ambition you know um for me it's touring it's playing live i don't really want to just be a figure a square on a screen but of course you know without belittling or you know being patronizing or anything like that to what's happening which is a terrible sort of human tragedy um it really ha will have a huge knock-on effect to all aspects of our life and i have this feeling that for six nine twelve eighteen twenty four months or whatever until whatever other emergencies pop up um somehow going to a gig is going to become a really like a luxury thing for people yeah because all the costs are going to be heaped onto bands who then also have to share it with fans so it feels like ticket prices uh shirts everything is going to go up because yeah i mean you saw we lost however much percentage of the profits of the tour we're going to do now in a few weeks we're just yeah. wiped out by um the rising cost of a barrel of oil you know yeah that's right like but um but but yeah, I, but uh, I think we're in this shit together. Like everyone of us, like in in a Western world these days, and like uh, of course, I, I I think like prices are going up. Like even food is like getting more yeah. expensive. And uh, but but I think I. Uh, on a, like personal level i i'm totally like willing to pay that price for for sake of democracy right and uh i i think that's something we just fucking have to do it then uh yeah but but yeah I, i've seen that uh some bands are already like uh raising the their prices just because of already COVID. And, yeah. and two years of like cancellation and break and uh but uh i i don't i don't know there has to be like some some kind of limit that like because uh the, i i don't think the like average like ticket prices for metal concerts they cannot go up like fucking 100 euros no maybe not maybe not 100 euros but certainly from 25 to 35 for example yeah. I mean, I mean, the, th the, th the problem is it really is, is that, you know, shit runs downhill. And so I think at the bottom of the hill is musicians, um, where, whether anybody wants to disagree with me or not, it's uh, the, the costs get heaped onto musicians because everybody else uh, wants, you know, takes their bit first, in my opinion. And yeah. it was, it's clear to me, like, um, I mean, I got like 80 cents last month from digital, um, primordial digital, 80 cents. So there's no, yeah. there's no income for us to rely on from other 
you know, um, it's basically tour, sell shirts, play festivals, or you don't have anything, any income at all. Not before yeah. we get before we get into what you know, playing music in a room with other people means fundamentally um, to being a musician. But uh, it just feels like. Um, this particular way of life is going to be difficult, especially, I think for big, huge bands, they're going to be insulated. Like I saw Wardruna yesterday, um, or one Wednesday, or somebody like Wardruna, Ghost, Monomart, BMR, these bands can find ways around that. And small bands who never made any money, you know, well, they're going to, you know, they'll have to be more inventive when they get in the back of the van. But for the middle bands, which I would say are bands like Swallow the Sun and Primordial and, you know, a whole load, load of other bands who make something, that does make a difference. Um, that's what's going to be, I think, squashed a lot. And so um, I can't see how it's going to be. Um, it feels to me, and I mean, I'm a natural born sort of skeptic, pessimist, whatever, um, which I'm sure being Finnish, you can probably relate to. But um, yeah, that sounds quite familiar. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I mean, somebody said to me like, hey, can't you just print some T-shirts? I said, well, there's five of us. So for me to make a thousand euro in one year means, um, let's say if the profit margin is five euro on a shirt, it means we have to sell 5,000, you know, shirts for me to make a thousand euro. If I've yeah. done my maths correctly, I said, that's impossible online in a year. You're not going to do that. So um, I don't know. It, it, it just feels like somehow things might, I mean, I might be wrong, but they might become a little bit more of a luxury process, if you know what I mean yeah but but one one thing i noticed on uh, on the previous north american tour that people who show up they're actually buying more merchandise now yeah yeah so uh, there's like uh i think we sold better than ever in in the states oh, yeah, yeah. and i somehow feels like uh well there's been like two two years without like live shows and uh I, I have slightly that kind of feeling that people are now like willing to support the bands a bit more than before. Mm. So, uh, well, let's see how long that lasts. But uh, but at least I I kind of like have. Well, I'm a little bit pessimistic myself too. But I, uh, but metal fans are pretty loyal yeah this is true this, and, is, uh, this, this is true that maybe that's what will help metal survive these next few years is that kind of loyalty that was always part of, of metal really i suppose you know and uh but yeah only time will tell and like uh well we are gonna see in a couple of weeks how it's enough. gonna be so where's the best place and the worst places for you in america it's a while since we've been there we 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 did a few tours in the states but we just found it so hard with um, obviously not being a professional band, everyone having jobs, you only get a certain amount of weeks off work per year and you tend to go to the places where you get paid. Um, and that isn't America for us. And so we've only played maybe 40, 50 times in America, I suppose over all the years, like two and a half tours or something like this. Where's the best places for you guys? Well, North American tour, uh, it, I think the Canadian shows are always the, that's the that's the best part of the tour usually like uh but talking about only only america like uh i think for for some reason like i think we had like one sold out show on the previous tour and that that was in denver colorado okay which was really interesting but maybe maybe the Maybe our music is slow enough for a pothead, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, that's true. And uh, well, what else? Uh, like uh, Portland, Seattle, that side of the country is always great. And uh, well, where it's raining. Part, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I think the. Yeah, the nature is beautiful in, in that part of the country, but uh, but yeah, I, I think the saddest part is always like uh, we we played in one show in Lincoln, Nebraska, for example, 
Oh. And and Quar and Napalm Dead was playing same night on on the other side of the street, so you can guess how that show went. So yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, Chicago that's always a great city to play, and like there's a good metal scene there. But but yeah, but this time I think Denver was the best show, and like I don't know if it has anything to do with some substances or what but and do you think that <clears throat> i mean some people will say that you know you have the difference in america especially at the end of lockdown was red and blue states democrat republican states and you had sort of like florida and texas kind of going fuck you we're going to do whatever we want um and you, you know for example california and new york doing having way more restrictions in place did you find when you were there that there was any truth to that kind of thing that some states were really, really much stricter, much more rules, and some were very much more loose or, well, you know, free, if, if we can use that word. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it was, it's, it is really divided country in, in real life too, not only in the news. Uh, yeah. Like I said, like we, we started from the South. We, we, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Florida, Georgia. We started from there and then went up from there. And uh, it was a lot different. Like like I said, there, there was almost like no sign of like the whole pandemic. And then suddenly you, you play in San Francisco and they are super fucking strict and... Uh, but yeah, it, it's it is really divided, and uh, you you can you can totally feel the vibe how it is in which which state. And but luckily, it's uh well we are kind of like underground metal band playing there, and uh, it's the minority of the people who come to see the shows, and uh, uh, they are usually quite intelligent people who who we meet there on the road and uh, so yeah we don't we don't really well well th- th- those like uh, typical American people you you meet on the gas station yeah, yeah. And, uh, but uh, but yeah it, it, it's it has changed a lot like the whole country like I remember we played there like so many times. Like I can't remember how we played like nine or ten tours. All right, okay, yeah. So quite a lot during the years, and like, yeah, it has changed quite a bit. And like, we were actually on tour there 2016 when Trump got elected. All right, okay. And, and uh, it was really surreal feeling to see the, see that. Like, uh, yeah, and we were actually, that night we crossed the border to Canada when he got elected. And uh, Okay, yeah. I remember, like, all, all the, like, crew, American crew we had with us, and they were, like, super fucking pissed off, and no one believed it would ever happen for real. But uh, Of course, yeah. It did, and... Uh, the country has changed quite a bit since. Yeah, I think that that's I. I think that's been it's a process that's been happening in America. I mean, I used to go there once or twice a year, and it seemed to me that you know a kind of post nine eleven American society, nineteen nineties, early two thousands, America had definitely decided that its enemies were external, outside yeah. the country, but in the last ten years, it seems that. Um, American institutions, governments have carefully played the people to be against each other and decide that their enemy is now internal, not external. And so there's this huge, I sense this huge polarization between people that fundamentally, 10 years ago, were an awful lot closer together. So if you make, you know, you, you create a society where everyone concentrates only on the things they disagree with, because those are the things that drive clicks, drives outrage drives, um, you know, media 
sort of capitalization on fear as opposed to trying to bring people kind of together. It's, I sensed it every year when I went back to America for the last 10 or 15 years, like, all right, this country is going to a place where, um, you know, people are being pushed further and further apart with this good versus evil choice, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, that was my impression. Yeah. But, uh, but somehow it feels that Europe is like following after we are yeah. just a little bit late, but, uh, but there's some shit will happen here too. At some point, uh, I believe so. It's like this Europe is starting to get really divided as well, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think this is about social media as well. Just 10 years of social media derangement. It's just broken, yeah. broken everyone's brain because all the media, all the social media just funnels all the things that, hey, be angry, be angry. Here's all the things you hate constantly. And where our lizard brains aren't really designed to cope with so much fucking, you know, neurons firing with all this information, misinformation, random stuff all the time when it's just constantly being told, here's all the stuff that's going to make you mad, yeah. angry, sad, you know. Um, I think it's just, unfortunately... And a side effect of the way we've been manipulated. Yeah, and uh, and what's really feeding that is that when you read news from the internet, and there's always like fucking comment section under yeah. all the news, and like when you read that, it's like fucking unbelievable how many assholes there are. Like, yeah, it's, this stupidity of mankind is unbelievable it's yeah like, i mean a, a comment section is like to me a comment section is like the sort of sewer of the internet but mm. i mean how many of those comments are just you know uh, also trolls and bots making dumb comments designed for us to feed you know to provoke reactions from actual real and other people just being playing the devil's advocate but i know exactly what you mean it's what's happened is that because now everyone feels they can take part in everything and everything's anonymous. You know, people just fire out fucking troll fucking, you know, um, you know what it's like. As soon as you release a music video, there'll be people who have made comments before the video's even finished. Yeah. Fucking stupid band, fucking hate your singing, fucking this, that, the other. It's like, you know, I think that's just what yeah. people have to do, you know, shit posts, yeah, yeah. trolling. And, and like, uh, and I, I kind of hate that, that, it, it's everyone has a like of course everyone has their own opinions but but it's um but people really think that their opinion really matters and but some just fucking don't hmm. and uh and uh it's uh it's this fucking everyone needs to have their own fucking identity and like it's only me 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 yeah that matters and like they don't find no one fucking matters <laughs> yeah yeah no lives matter yeah it's like it's a i mean i think it's just a selfish sort of narcissism about social media whereby if somebody if some band releases a video right and it's on youtube and you you can immortalize your comment underneath it's what you've done then is you've made a correlation a connection between some random troll sitting uh, at a keyboard and your art that you've had to post online. So you might have put days into preparing that video and someone can go, fuck this band, bullshit, in 20 seconds. And they're part of your, you've basically given them a sort of a blank page at the end of your book to scribble something. And that never happened if you think about it in society in a way before where everything is so interlinked in that what we've done is given people, you know, right. And oh, don't forget me wrong. There's also amazing positivities to opening the uh, conversation to everyone. But if you open the conversation to everyone, there are going to be people, of course, a very small minority, you're going to shout everyone else down with the worst opinions you can imagine, the most ill-informed opinions. And when you, you know what it's like, you spend, you know, ages making a video or doing something like this, you know, or even this chat, you know, we, we set it up, we talk, we're just doing this theater. Someone can be part of the digital imprint by just going, fuck these guys, unless I remove the comment. It's just, there so we've allowed everyone to have to sort of as i said here's my book would you like to scribble something on the back of my book 
Um, and there's something that fundamentally I find very strange about that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That relationship with art or with that somehow we've, you know, you it's like it's like painting, doing a painting, putting it on a wall somewhere and leaving a little bit at the bottom for somebody else to scribble a fucking dick or a fucking X or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are, people are fucking cunts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe that, maybe that was all that we needed. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I get quite a lot like these days, like, uh, I, I quit smoking like two and a half years ago. And like, now I've been sitting at home for like two years because all the shows were canceled. And sure. Yeah. So I gained a bit weight, like, after yeah. and now it's now it's like uh every time when i like there's like um when yeah last summer we played a couple of festivals in finland and there i am on stage and like people are like ah oh, the singer is getting fat and i i fucking love those comments i just <laughs> fucking fat shaming yeah yeah who knew heavy metal fat shaming you should have your you should you should that's the name of your new podcast or your new reality tv show on finnish tv you know yeah but yeah they're fucking right i'm not 18 anymore when i gained like fucking uh, no yeah i was maybe 54 kilograms when i was 18 when we started this band and oh yeah yeah so I'm definitely not that guy anymore. And but no. yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's what we <laughs> so that's what we need to do on the tour is every morning, um six AM we're gonna f- go running and start doing stuff like that, you know, no problem. Yeah, hundred push ups and uh, maybe a little vomit and <laughs> so how do you prepare how do you prepare for a tour? What's your process? Um, I know I have a kind of a kind of things that I start to do a couple of weeks before to think about, and then the packing and the you know everyone has their little little routines and rituals that they do and stuff you do specifically on every day you know with your bags and your stuff and you know. Uh, I usually just check the routing and uh, tr- trying to memorize which venues have the possibility to do laundry. And then I start thinking how many pieces of underwear I need. And uh, I try to like always think that if, if there's like 
like let's say 20 gigs and then i i try to like memorize that is there like some some venue like hallway that has like possibility to do laundry and then then i can pack like maybe 10 pairs of socks and uh, underwear and 10 t-shirts and i'm good to go if i know that i'm halfway i can do laundry yeah this is the things that people this is the important stuff that people want to know you know yes and, what and I that's, that's the only thing i really think about and i have already calculated what i'm gonna pack for this tour because uh i'm trying to do all my laundry and in switzerland at c7 okay um, everyone does that that's the day but that's the day where you don't party the night before so you have to get up early to get in the queue to do the laundry. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm too old to party anyway, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. So in 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 this case, I'm gonna pack seven t-shirts, seven pairs of socks and underwear. Right, and be enough. So maybe I can fit everything even on carry-on luggage interesting yeah what i tend what i what i tend to do my magic trick is take a look at day one and you think to yourself are we in the city center and then you go right some stage in the city in the afternoon i will disappear for an hour and buy 20 pairs of socks and 20 pairs of underwear or cheap ones and throw them away every single night uh, see uh, yeah but but i i like to buy like nice underwear then I really like, and uh, I don't. I don't want to throw them away. And like, uh, Vic, like Victoria's uh, Secret or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a hundred percent cotton. Like, oh, I see. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're like too posh for cheap cheap underwear. You need luxury stuff. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't get cheap underwear that that makes you have like pimples in your butt cheeks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I tend to, yeah, sort of think to sort of similar kind of things, which, you know, we are begin to pack your clothes and stuff. But as the years go by, I've managed to do less and less and less and less. But until until eventually you're just, you know, I mean, you're almost down to the point now where you're like, you know what, I'm going to wear the same Venom t-shirt for two weeks and a pair of tracksuit bottoms or just with tracksuit. You know, that's that's where it is. But then again, you know, sometimes you have to go, you wake up in the morning and you have to go, like what would Lemmy do? Would Lemmy appear in a tracksuit? He wouldn't, you know. No, just leather pants all the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was touring twenty years ago. Certainly, twenty years ago, I would have packed, you know, two yeah. or three pairs of leather trousers, and well, I should I bring my trench coat or my leather jacket with this and the other? And you had this huge, big bag, and that slowly got smaller and smaller and smaller to just literally have nothing, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and back in the day, like I didn't care for showering, even like. Uh, maybe once a week, but now I'm, I'm getting slowly better. Like I'll try to shower every, every day I can. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's also nicer for the other people on tour. Like I get, I get really smelly easily. And like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And especially like, I remember like, uh, yeah, like one tour we did with, insomnium oh yeah band. we did uh, with them yeah it's like many years ago that was maybe 2007 but or something like that but their guitarist puked because my socks smelled so bad it smelled like fucking cheese so i i made him puke so <laughs> I, I took my shoes off and he just fucking puked but uh yeah so i i try to be a better person than that yeah, well, yeah, it's a special story for all the ladies watching, I suppose. Um, yeah. I think uh, the people who think that touring is nothing but glamour, but really it's just mainly 15 stinking people in a little metal tube um, percolating with their germs, just sort of, you know, heading from one place to another and then just unloading all their stench onto whatever venue they arrive into. Yeah, it's it's very very glamorous sometimes and like, yeah what's the um what's the worst and the best tour that you've been on then i mean what's the kind of dingiest dirtiest like most fucked up 
um, sort of filthiest tour can you remember being on? Probably one of the first ones, right? Uh, I, it was pretty, pretty bad. Two first North American tours we did because we did it. Those were like van tours. Mm. And uh, actually the first one was, uh, the first North American tour was like, there was catatonia, scar symmetry, insomnium and us. And uh, wow. us and insomnium, we were touring in the same van. Okay. So fucking two bands in, a, in one van. So that, that was a little rough one, but of course it was our first time in America and like everything was new and interesting. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so it didn't really matter, but but then we did like uh, the next tour we did. Well, we upgraded, upgraded the situation a bit, so it was only us in a van. But that was, we were opening for soil work and okay, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that tour was 50 gigs three days off in the middle of the winter Oof. in a van and that sucked pretty bad yeah and uh yeah that that was a rough one but uh but yeah we made it it was it was pretty all right after all but uh that was really rough, like 53 days in a van. It's a lot. It was, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't was, think we, we could ever do that again. No, those are the tours where you either somewhere or other. I, I mean, for me, the ideal amount is about 20, 25, you know, maybe even 30. <clears throat> but most tours we do these days are between 10 and 20 days. But once you had, once you hit over a certain amount of days, I think the biggest I did was 47. Um, it does, it starts to, you start to go mad. And yeah. that's the thing that breaks bands up and fucking, you know, people quit once they come home and they just can't face it anymore, you know? Yeah, and so it, it totally like changes your reality. Like, it's, uh, it, it, if you do a tour, tour that long, it's fucking hard to come back home. Like, you're just so used to for that fucking routine. Yeah. And you come home and the first thing you do in the morning is just crack open a drink or something. Or yeah. you, you bring you bring your bad habits with you and you go, well, what am I supposed to do on a fucking Tuesday now? You know? Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's terrible. Like like it, it takes some time to like adjust like when you go out and like because always on tour like nobody understands Finnish and we we talk shit about everything in Finnish. Yeah. And then then you go back home and you just don't remember that now now that these, all these people understand Finnish. Yeah. And you still keep doing that and like yeah, yeah. sometimes sometimes getting you get into really awkward situations like And what was the what's what do you think was your what was your favorite tour then? Or the one that maybe you thought did the band a lot of good there's usually a tour a tour or two where you go oh this one makes a lot of sense you know uh well th there's a lot of good ones like uh but, but yeah it's uh i like three years ago we did it was uh, actually children of bottoms last okay tour in america we were there with them and uh that was really smooth and easy and like finally like very good venues okay you know in the states the the average venue is not as nearly as good as in europe yeah 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 uh, so people so, don't uh, people don't really realize that when you go there and they're cleaning the blood and glass off the set you know off the stage from the night before and there's no fucking yeah. barely any door there's no doors on the toilets and things are you go to your average venue and it will be like as if like a European venue, but from 1981 or something. Yeah. And to, here's your creative Budweiser now. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah, if you, if you want to pay for that in, that, in that case, you get maybe course light and yeah. shitty beers, but, uh, but you get used to that and it's like, uh, but, but of course, like, in, in this level, European tours are always so much like easier and like smoother. 
and then in in Europe you can almost like fucking shower every day and yeah it's uh yeah it's just so much easier and you get like home cooked catering and like yeah. good stuff and like I mean I have to be honest though like if you were to give me a choice between let's say playing in um, a state sponsored venue in the north of Holland you know those really beautiful state sponsored super clean yeah. venues um, but it's in an area where there's no scene, but they have money from the state, but they make a bid on a tour and they get your show on a Tuesday and there's like 125 people there. It's polite. It's nice. It sounds great. looks great. <clears throat> I'd rather play in the basement of a fucking rock bar with, um, or a, a, you know, a music bar with some feeling to some atmosphere to it, some history to it. That's had some cool bands and has a kind of, uh, just has some character to it. And it might be 250 people squeezed into a, a much dirtier place. I, I personally, I'd rather have that than yeah. the super anodyne sort of, you know, kind of place personally. Yeah. Same thing here. Absolutely. Like there's no question about that. It's like, uh, but also those basement venues in, in Europe are better than average. <laughs> venue in in the states true they're also disappearing as well like what's no. what, what happened to um the big the place in uh in helsinki by the by the down by the docks what was that place ah, no, sorry. oh yeah it's uh it was demolished and they are like building apartments of course yeah yeah and uh yeah there's like what else well there there ain't many venues venues anymore in downtown Helsinki like there's only Tavastia left and uh uh there's this venue called Virgin Oil oh Virgin Oil yeah I've been there yeah that doesn't exist anymore no no it's gone it's been gone for a couple of years already oh, okay I like and that then place. There, yeah it was cool and then there was for a couple of years there was this bigger venue called Circus but that's gone too so Basically, there's like only like couple venues in downtown. So it's Tavastian on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it, it, I think it's the same. It's happening. Same has happened in Dublin. Same is happening <coughs> in all European cities. It feels like um, well, it's gentrification on one hand. You know, it's um, every city center. The people who live there, or artists, or anyone else, are priced out of living there because it becomes too expensive. So the only people who can live there are like IT tech people who yeah. I think often think they'd like there to be alternative culture in their city, but actually they don't like it. And so like in Dublin, it's easier to go and get like, you know, Saturday morning hot yoga and vegan slam poetry brunch than it is to see a rock band on a Friday night, you know, which re just reflects the kind of people who live, um, who live in the city, I suppose they just have different interests and just aren't interested in those things anymore. But what happens then is the city slowly loses any kind of that kind of culture or, you know, late night culture just literally becomes like, we have one classic old rock bar here. People would know it from the statue of Phil Innett outside. Um, that's been there since 1971, but you go into it now and they're just playing pop music downstairs. Um, they don't even have the staff or uh, there's no, there's nothing in it when you go anymore that would say to you, hey, this is where Phil Innett used to drink. Because also, sadly, apart from tourists, a lot of people just don't seem to give a fuck about things like that. Modern uh, sections of modern society, modern youth, who so old man shouts at clouds, but they don't seem to care about many of the same things. And slowly but surely, you lose musical culture from, 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 the, from an inner city to gentrification. And as you say, everything is just knocked down apartments, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You've noticed this yeah, when you or like office buildings and like and like and like I think there's there should be like totally enough like office space in like downtown Helsinki and like especially in past couple of years like people have been working from home. Yeah. And like all the fucking places are empty and and uh and maybe maybe that could be the future that who needs those fucking office buildings because it clearly works this way that people are working from home and they are happy about it and uh, yeah but yeah let, let's see where the future is going but uh 
but but yeah, I think the nightlife in Helsinki is like dying, and like you think about like venues. Yeah, if if like if there's like two possible venues in downtown that you can have a like metal show, and now like all the gigs during during past couple of years have been like postponed and like yeah yeah so they're like fully booked for fucking 18 months yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh it's a terrible situation yeah and also the thing about it is most people don't realize is i have friends who are like oh it's so great working from home <clears throat> at the beginning <clears throat> then about a year in a year a year and a half they were like oh i don't go any dates I don't have a drink afterwards. I don't go to a gig. I go, yeah, I fucking told you this. When you thought it was great, you could just go around in your pajamas all day and do a Zoom call. The fact is that, you know, once once people are not in the city center, they don't go out in the city center. So you can't have a gig on a Tuesday or Wednesday anymore because that means everybody has to travel in from the suburbs in to see the gig. They can't go from the office to the gig. They're so they're so my friends realize like, oh, I have no social life anymore. None. Because you realize that you spent most of your time of your life with the people in your office than your family sometimes. And that meant whether it was office romances all the way to seeing a gig, seeing a pints, drinks, uh, something other than sitting in front of a screen. And a lot of people were too short-sighted to see that this is going to have a huge effect on society in a year, two, three, four years, which is that it kills the nightlife of a city center. So I think, unfortunately, the fact that um, for some people, oh, it saves me getting the bus in and out in the morning. It might do that, but what it does is it kills um, the sort of nightlife culture of a city. And unfortunately, not enough people give a shit about that for it to be saved somehow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, uh, lack of social life produces more wankers in the near future. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> But yeah, but after all, I'm a Finnish guy who's not very social. So, in in some in somehow, it's been best two years of my life. Like I've been more <laughs> and it's been great. I love it. <clears throat> That's well, I hated it personally, but um, I could see it. I could see it making sense to a certain part of the Finnish mentality. You know. Yeah. It's like uh, social distancing. It's fucking great. It's, I love it. Finnish, Finnish people have been practicing it for 100 years already, so I suppose, you know. Yeah, I hope this never goes away. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that's why you choose to be on the stage and not in the crowd, I guess, you know. But Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I have my personal space. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So... Um, We've done, um, we more or less ended up in the situation that we're in because of the podcast, really, in the sense that um, we had this tour booked for like three, three, four years, three and a half years or three years already. And then we've been talking about, hey, you want to come on my podcast to discuss the American tour? And literally it went from that one day to, hey, do you want to be on the tour? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for asking, man. And th- no, what I mean is like, and do we, do we think that this this hour long discussion is the perfect advertisement for all the people who are curious to come and see it because they've heard stories about, um, you know, the how much we stink, um, how much we would prefer, you know, the social distancing to just stay, that this, that, and the other, and you know. Yeah, yeah, but I, no, 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 I. I especially said that I don't stink anymore. Oh, okay. So, All right. Okay. Well, that's good. And, uh, and uh, I think it's because like, uh, yeah, I can, I can totally like promise everyone this, that I won't be there fucking hugging every fucking person. And so <laughs> it's, it's pretty safe also to come see okay. the show. Right. That's good. Tell me this though. When you started, I mean, the band was more sort of doom death. Right, but on the new albums, while I was listening to it last week, doing a little bit of homework and checking it out, um, it's it's got some more, I suppose, melodic kind of sensibilities and big choruses and stuff. Where did the process go from being like that into this kind of this sort of style? You know, 
normal well, normal mu normal musical just progression or what yeah i would say so like we've been doing this for over 20 years now and uh, and uh, i think it's well let's put it this way like when we for example when we when we did the first album i had no fucking clue how to sing i was yeah. I sucked. I was terrible, but slowly, slowly we started touring quite a lot, and like, it's very good exercise. And uh, finally, like twenty years later, I slowly started to know how to sing. Yeah, yeah. So we, we like do those like choruses, and but also we have matured maybe a bit. We are not that young anymore, and uh, yeah, I, I think it just comes out natural. Like we we didn't like plan to change our style or anything. Mm. It's just that, uh, but we have always been doing what we want. So, and uh, twenty years later, we sound like this. But, and, how, uh, and how do you keep your um, voice on tour? Because those long tours, especially in winter and stuff, they can't be easy on the voice. I mean, I I sometimes find that um, I play in covers bands as well to keep my voice sort of on the go. But I tend to sing very hard, very loud, a lot of fucking um, energy put into roaming around. And then I used to drink a lot more than I do now and stuff. And I'd find after the sixth day I was like this, and then I had to, and then it would bounce back. But for a day or two, I'd be. So struggling a bit and then you know <clears throat> so i obviously the older you get the more you have to kind of stay away from staying up all night and all that kind of stuff but like um i sort of have a few things to help me but how do you keep your voice well first of all like same thing here i don't i don't drink that much well i still drink beer on beer on tour but like not like fucking gallon of vodka every day yeah like what what what, what happened like 10 years ago yeah yeah same <laughs> and then, yeah like i said i quit smoking two and a half years ago that helps a lot yeah <clears throat> and, um, i think i think like during the years i found this own technique that like i i can somehow like do like 30 40 gigs just like that and I don't know. I just, uh, I think I found found the right technique to do it. I think that a friend of mine said to me before that most of it's in your mind. It's in your head. You know, obviously your voice is, it's a physical, it's an instrument, you know, but it's, it's, it's part of you. So if you are sick and unhealthy and tired, it won't sound as good as if you're rested, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But you just said the problem with you is that you're constantly thinking and worrying about what might happen if you do this. And he just said, he's a brilliant singer. He just went, um, I don't worry about it. And I don't think about it. And every night it just comes out. Um, yeah. where, whereas you're thinking, well, if I stay up for another hour, how is this going to blah, 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 you know, because, because you're, so the gears are cranking, you know, like winding up to thinking about it. Are you a guy who just doesn't think about or worry about it too much? Yeah. And in the end, it's only heavy metal. It, well, it, 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 it shouldn't be perfect. No, of course. But, but I mean, there's a difference between being, um, you know, like say a seven out of 10 where you get, you know, your voice is a little bit worn, but okay. And, and the main reason for that is because you've been up till six in the morning singing along to Back in Black or something, you know. That's what used to happen to me. A mixture of yeah. whiskey, whiskey, um, you know, whiskey, amphetamine and ACDC and mix them all together. And it's going to yeah. be, you need to play a gig in an hour. Oh, I've just been to bed for two hours, you know, that kind of thing. So, Yeah, I remember those days. It was fun, but can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, that sounds like a good note to end on. Well, sir, um, Agitators Anonymous, yes, indeed. So this was the perfect advertisement for the tour that's starting in just under three weeks. Yes or no? Yes, most definitely. Everyone should come, obviously. Yes. And people should 
buy the goddamn tickets and come see us and uh, also spend a fair amount of money for our merch merchandise and uh, and stay clean and stay washed stay presentable you know that's going to be very important and if they want to come down early maybe six or seven or eight they'll find us we can go jogging running maybe do a morning yoga um set yeah. fans at, at, at a distance yeah yeah and maybe drink some kombucha and Whatever. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 